You're listening to the Karma Iguana podcast, the modern podcast for the modern, discerning, and modern human being. Um, I'm Paddy G. Joining me as always, he's um, in a different location to me this week. It's Wilson. Hey, what's going on? Hey. Ah, you know, things. Uh, and also, he's in a similar location to where he usually is. It's Ev. Hello. Yes, I'm, Hello. I'm here. Well, Next time I want you to introduce me as he's sexy, he's cute, he's popular with boot, he's Wilson. And then I'll say that he had he had style, he had flair, he was there, and that's how he became Ev. That's a, a, a reference to the nanny. Sorry for adding a reference um, to the nanny. Okay, this podcast. <laughs> it's fine. I'm sorry. Right. Have you noticed that uh, Maggie from the Nanny seems to have it in her contract now that whatever TV show she's in, she's like got to be topless in in the first episode at least. Well, you got to really move away from that child actor clause, like you know, David Duchovny, yeah. and that was the first one, wasn't it? Californication. Yeah. Yeah. And then Twin Peaks. She's in one episode of Twin Peaks, and spoilers, she dies like almost immediately. But she still manages to get the ladies out. Like, it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, Wait, the, the reboot, right? Is it being a reboot yeah. of Twin Peaks? No, no, the original. Right? Yeah. She was, was still, like, two years old. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, like, that seems... Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Not the reboot of the nanny. Not to be confused. No, no, no. Though apparently she's signed on for that, and there is a clause where she has to get her, the, the ladies out, especially. Um... It's. I think you're right, Ev. Though it's one of those things. It's like, how do you distinguish yourself from? I was, I was a child actor, and now I'm uh, an adult actor, and you try to get away from the image of oh, it's cute little, whoever, it's cute little Gracie. Well, it's not cute little Gracie anymore. Look at me, and my tits. I'm gonna show tits. off my cute little Gracies. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we'll see the same thing with uh, Modern Family as well, though. Like yeah, yes. It's it's becoming pretty clear as those girls are getting older. They just happen to be bridging the gap while they've still got a current acting career. Whereas Gracie mm-hmm. sort of had the nanny, and then we mm. didn't see her here in Australia anyway. She might have had more mm. going on in the US, and then she goes forward into her adult career and has to make a uh, distinguishing move. Whereas Modern mm. Family is sort of playing out as it's going on, where those girls are getting older. Um, it's got to be rough, like, trying to, you know, be seen as being not a teenager, not a kid anymore. Not a yeah. girl, yet, not yet a woman? Um, mm. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, speaking of the Modern Family chick, probably more little in the movie section, but I actually did saw a really decent horror movie starring the um, the older... Modern Family Girl, the Sarah Highland. Mm. It actually was quite scary. So, like, mm. you know, if I'm saying that about a horror movie, then, you know, Paddy, just don't bother watching it. No, no. Weak <laughs> of constitution. <laughs> I would crumble. It had one of the better endings in a, uh, in a horror movie I've ever seen for a long time. Okay. You have to do a hot yeah. take sometime. Yeah. <laughs> the moment we'll die. <laughs> which, movie about it pretty soon. which movie was that? Uh, Satanic. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Satanic, starring uh, Sarah Highland. Huh. Huh. Yes. But to, not to be confused with Satin Inc., a um, 
uh, a documentary about the fashion industry. <laughs> um, uh. um, so, uh, lads, it's been a little bit since uh, we started season two. It's been a couple of weeks now. Um, Ev, what have you been doing in the time? Um, so, it's been there's been a few movies in a little bit of a rush. This year looks pretty good for movies anyway. And uh, saw Alien Covenant. Um, mm-hmm. I think I mentioned it last podcast, Beauty and the Beast. A Dog's Purpose. Uh, apparently, A Dog's Purpose uh-huh. is to die over and over again. And then, uh, just when you're getting over it, um, yeah, he dies again. <laughs> so you, by Buddhist Zen? <laughs> <laughs> it's a Buddhist so take on a dog's purpose. Yeah, <laughs> dog's pretty purpose. much. A dog's purpose is to serve people. It's uh, actually funded by um, the Buddhist temple. Uh, it's actually just one big propaganda movie. Um, for reincarnation <laughs> for reincarnation except I bad luck I if you're born a dog you just continue to be a dog <laughs> to be a dog <laughs> unless, unless you become a Buddhist yes that's right yes yep. then hey though so I think like they, they probably didn't hit the mark because you know if you sort of the, the message kind of sounds like they're aiming it towards dogs and I don't think dogs see movies so uh, um, I don't know. <laughs> I'd be surprised about that. Yeah, Barney has a favourite episode of uh, David Attenborough, Life on Earth. Oh, so, really? Yeah, yeah. He loves the one with the monkeys, the Japanese macaques that wash oh. the sweet potatoes. Um, that entire oh, episode, awesome. he'll he'll sit on the couch and he'll watch it with great intent. So that's that's awesome. Dogs know what's going on. Yeah, we used to watch uh, Animal Planet with the dog all the time back in the day. Yeah. Shetty, we found, um, loves uh, watching other dogs on TV. So anything else, yeah, doesn't really care about. But when he yeah. sees another dog on TV, he wants to stop. Yeah. And like, even there was a, there's a kids TV show, a Disney kids TV show, where it's got a talking dog. So the dog never actually barks. It actually just like it has like CG mouth that moves and it like a uh, human talks, yeah. but he's like that's a dog and it's talking and that's weird and I like it. I want to sit and watch it. <laughs> that's like a that's like a god to him. It's like his ultimate aim is yeah. to ascend and <laughs> know our language, whereas Barney so is is, Barney just has this weird obsession with Sid the Sloth from Ice Age. Like, <laughs> Sid comes on and Barney's just there watching. Like, he's fixated. He can't, he can't move away. Well, they've, they've launched that uh, TV channel in uh, America that you put on for your dogs to keep them company while you're at home. So, yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool. Like, they probably just play a dog's purpose over and over. <laughs> oh, yeah. Except it's like the secret version for the, for the dogs, you know, the ones where the dog doesn't actually die. It's just an immortal super being. Well, and all the humans die. <laughs> It yeah. would be it would be like watching a movie on a plane where they cut out anything remotely related to a plane in distress. So they're <laughs> like, uh, I watched a version of the Hulk, the uh, Edward Norton one, when I was on a plane flight to England, and they cut out mm. where he jumps up, grabs a helicopter out of the air. That was all cut out. So a really? dog's purpose would be similar to that. It'd be a 15-minute movie where dogs aren't <laughs> dying. <laughs> no, you know, you know how like I could bring this back to. To bring this back to our stated mandate, pop culture, they always talk about Superman's big regret is that he has to watch his friends get old and die. 
Whereas yeah. that's basically the relationship between humans and dogs. Whereas mm-hmm. dogs, they just they see no one die. They think everyone lives forever until one day they just die. So yeah. they never have to experience that sadness. So maybe dogs have it better off, and we're all just like Superman, watching our best friends, you know, grow old and die. <laughs> all right, uh, slightly related to that. This week, um, someone mentioned like Superman. Why does he not fly upright? I mean, he can fly in any orientation he wants. He doesn't have to fly face yeah. first. Because it looks ridiculous. Why does, why does he not stand with his hands on his hips and just <laughs> fly forward? Just power stance to the next emergency. Yeah. Because it looks ridiculous. Have you seen? Have you seen the dark side in flying in the uh, Justice League movie on Netflix? No. Because no, it's ridiculous. <laughs> he I mean, he flies standing up like that, and it looks. It looks ridiculous. Like, it's so I mean, stupid. It's not funny. But is he worried about looking ridiculous? He's Superman. He doesn't care how he looks. He just flies. He could he could do, like, um, Powdered Toast Man from Ren and Stimpy and, like, fly with his, like, butt forward or something. Like, he could fly any, like, in any orientation he wants. I think he should fly in the orientation he wants. I think he wants to sh- fly looking cool. Yeah, we shouldn't assume his orientation. He should be the one that tells us what it is. What it is, exactly. Um, I prefer the Golden Age interpretation of Superman anyway, where he just jumps from place to place. <laughs> that makes sense. That's more like Hulk. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, the anyway, dog's purpose. Um, yeah, we kind of went off track there. Uh, what else have I been up to? So I've been playing uh, new games as they come up on Steam. Oxygen Not Included, which is a new release by uh, Clay, Clay, I'm not really sure how that's pronounced. K-L-E-I. It's in alpha early release. And yeah, that's been quite good. It's reasonably complex, but after the first couple of hours, you do run out of content. So if you get a chance to get it, it's worthwhile. But, uh, after the first couple of hours, after the first couple of hours, you run out of oxygen. Like, well, who makes it? Through, who makes it through a few couple of hours? I have to say that uh, all I have left is keeping the oxygen balance, and there is a lot of carbon dioxide building up. So yep. maybe, maybe I'll just let People. it take over the whole base. Maybe I'll just <laughs> yeah. switch off the generators. I accidentally I dug too close to um to a <laughs> water thing. Yeah, and it managed to flood my entire generator room, so that was not fun. Uh, one of my guys <laughs> managed to die in my water well, so my water's now polluted water. So yes. yeah, oh, I kind of I kind of felt bad. Like fun. That made everyone really really sad, and then highly stressed, and then they vomited, and then they vomited in the water reserves. So it really they get even more polluted. <laughs> yeah. <Aww. laughs> yeah. So it's good. It it leads to some really interesting (coughs) scenarios, but uh, otherwise it looks like it's going to be a solid game when it's done. Very similar to RimWorld, I found. Yeah, Yeah. RimWorld's just had a new pass. Uh, There's a new patch out on that. I haven't cracked it open yet, but it sounds like it's added a little bit more complexity and fixed a couple of the early bugs. Not that there were too many. But uh, I think that's what I like most about these games is that they're even in early release, there's quite a few hours of good gameplay coming out of it. So, yep. yeah, as patches come out, they're worth revisiting. You can uninstall them for six months or more, 
come back and get like a, a smoother game experience and something worth looking at. For those playing along at home, so oxygen not included, um, as the guys alluded to, um, being very like RimWorld, it is yeah a sort of space colony um, simulation sort of game. Um, art style very reminiscent of sort of uh, Don't Starve, but kind of a yeah. little bit more well, lively, like guys. colours a little bit more. Yeah, it so, is definitely yeah. by the same guys that Don't Starve, so I feel like Don't Starve they did quite well in, but they've taken the lessons learned and they've churned out a new game, so... If you mm. like Don't Starve, definitely go into Oxygen Not Included. Nice. Good. Josh, um, anything else? Nothing. No, that's it for me. What you been up to? Yep. Recently, I uh, just bought a copy of uh, Conan, uh, Age of Exiles. So can you hear me over that uh, car outside? Yeah. No, I didn't hear a car. Yeah, uh, it's fine. I'm going to go gone. shut the window. Feel free to cut it. Hold on. Just use that. <laughs> you know <laughs> I won't. I'm editor now. I have the power. Just look at this. I should go back and play that. Project High Rise. Should play that again. I've been meaning to download uh, Roller Coaster. That Roller oh. Coaster Planet. Roller Coaster. Roller Coaster. The Planet. <laughs> Anyway, this is Attenborough's okay. Rallacaster the Planet. Rallacaster the Planet. <laughs> Rallacaster the Planet. I'm going to leave. <laughs> just picturing. Just picturing. It's like the world is just like the world's craziest like supervillain. And he's just like, we will destroy the planet. And it's like, how? We will. Roller coaster, the planet. Hey, roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I found anyway. it funnier than it should have been. Anyway, yeah. all right, it's fine. You're sleep deprived. You're a parent now. Right. These things happen. Sorry. Good to go. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. So I've been playing Conan, uh, the Exiles game, uh, which is basically a arc-like game. So uh, kind of a more constrained Minecraft where rather than building, you know, blocks of stuff, you build walls and shit which you can then put on foundations, etc. But set in the Conan universe, so everyone's naked and very violent. Um, and also quite, quite well endowed, depend, depending on sliders. Depending on sliders, yeah, you can change what how well endowed your character is, how sexual your character is. It's quite, yeah, it's good fun. Um spending a lot of my time hunting down like other exiles in the place to make them my thrall and turn them into my slaves. Yeah, currently playing a um, a lady whose religion requires her to eat the flesh of other people. So, um, yeah, similar to my own experiences as a Catholic. Uh, <laughs> uh, otherwise, I've also been playing uh, Witcher 3. I've gotten back into that on the Xbox. Thought I'd give it a, another go to try and play the expansion packs content. Still as good as it was when it came out a few years ago. Uh, it's really cheap on Steam at the moment, only $25. So I would say if you haven't had the chance to pick up Witcher 3, definitely check that out. It's, it was voted one of Karma Iguanas or one of our previous podcasts, um, Profane Candy Horse, our game of the year a few years ago, and it's still as good as any, as good as ever. And that's yeah. about all I've been doing. Yep. No, just in general, like regardless of how you rate it, Witcher 3 just is a standalone game. 
Um, like it looks amazing. Control wise, it's complex enough that if you're on a console or PC, it translates quite nicely. Like you can still get complexity of movement through a PC. Yep. And uh, all up, like storytelling, everything is just fantastic. It's one of those games that you really should play. Like uh, in the history of gaming, I think this will be a, like a standout game long term um, for more than just how it looks and how it plays. It's just been RPGs done right. It's got it's got it's got the scope of Skyrim, but yet it manages to have a really complex and detailed story inside a game that has the same scope as Skyrim, and that's that was just an, an amazing achievement. You know, it's one of those few games, similar to Metal Gear Solid, where you do the same thing over and over again for 40, 50 hours, but it's still fun. In the 50, it's as fun in the 50th hour as it is mm. in the first. Like, yeah. There's no major change up, changes to the gameplay. Like, you're not going to be getting in a Titan and striding around like... Um, Novigrad, or you're not going to be driving any tanks or anything. You, you've only got two swords and a bow and a few bombs for the entire game, and they managed to make it so good that it works. Yeah, mm. no, it's fantastic. Like it's it's not clunky like Skyrim. It's sort of mm. railroaded just enough. Like you feel like you get you can pursue side quests and then come back to the main quest at any time. So yeah. yeah. Like, you're not going to go off and join the Dark Brotherhood at any time, but you, uh, you know, there's enough choice within the main story and with the, within the side quests that, uh, you know, it does feel like you're making your own way in the world rather than just following a, a set path. Yep, definitely. And yep. the more of that you do, the more you actually start to fit the character. Like, you're faster, better, stronger than everyone else, uh, especially yep. because of your experiences. So you're not yep. constantly against that level curve where you're entering an area and you're, you know, 20 levels above whatever it is you're fighting, you're supposed to be, so that doesn't matter. Yeah, and it's also got one of the truly heartbreaking moments in modern gaming that I've seen. It's a, it's a side quest in there that's based on one of the short stories from the first Witcher book, and, like, it's kind of the conclusion of the story that was started in that first short story in the Witcher book. And if you know the history between those two characters, just the facial animations really, like, they mess you up. Hmm. And now so I'm anyway, looking uh, forward to the TV show. Yes, yeah. Mm, yes, yeah, Netflix. Should be good. Hopefully, I don't know, do you think it's going to be CG or live action, or what do you think? A uh, combination of both. It has to be a lot of yeah? CG. Yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot involved there that needs to be CG. But if there's, mm. I mean, obviously, the budget's not going to be the biggest mass-produced, you know, item you've ever seen. So hopefully Ooh. it's live action as much as possible. A couple of monsters, they'll be CG. Hopefully they have the funding practical. to make them look good. Yeah, like... You uh, can do practical effects with uh, some of the things like Godkins and, you know, satyrs and stuff like that. But, yeah, I understand where you're coming from in terms of yeah. dragons, but, like, the World of Warcraft movie was such a... World of Warcraft has always lent itself to you know, having a Shrek-style animation, and then they make this hybrid CG live-action monstrosity for the actual movie, which is just ridiculous. Like, yeah. if you're going to go live-action, try to go as live-action as, you know, um, as Lord of the Rings. You don't want to do everything in CG, like in The Hobbit. Like, yeah. Or <laughs> Dark Crystal. I think yeah. Netflix is picking that up, so I'm hoping mm. that lessons learnt in producing Dark Crystal or Witcher affect one or the other. 
So it yeah. would be really nice to actually see something come out of that. Um, that's a little bit because you know I, I'm kind of partial to Jim Henson Muppets. Yeah. Um, Dark Crystal did really really well with that. It doesn't make it more believable, I guess, but it's easier to view than bad CGI. Well, I'd rather mm. see something that's all 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 decent level CGI than something that's half live-action, half-decent-level CGI, if you know what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah. if you can't afford to make it really good CGI or really good practical effects like Lord of the Rings, you don't want to go half ass like The Hobbit did. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and just quick vote, who thought The Hobbit was terrible? Uh, I was <laughs> <laughs> right, It was well, terrible. I imagine if Paddy saw it, he'd agree. Yes, yeah. I, I, I think the thing for me was the 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 size of what the story was and then how long they made the the movie so I understand like I, you, know, you make a movie a certain length I mean I understand you know movies aren't 30 minutes of things but from the sounds of it the length of the movie and the way they just drew out everything and yeah. filled it with filler did you see just any of the uh, the cutscenes because the cutscenes no were very much more filler uh-huh. There's a chariot race along a frozen river with like trolls and all sorts. That it's not in the book at all, um, but it's just how can we really, really draw out this chase to the mountaintop? I know. Let's just add in some stuff that makes zero sense, um, and some more Billy Connolly, you know, because they yeah. paid a bit, so they needed their money's worth. Get your money's worth of Billy. Yep. Get your really worth. Anyway, so Fatty, how yeah. have you been going with your, uh, your fatherhood? Well, with, yeah, I guess that's uh, dominated uh, everything at the moment. Fatherhood is, is good. It's rewarding. Um, he's uh, about six months now, so it's flown by. He's a big pooping, eating <laughs> machine now. Everything. Like dad. Just like he's old man. He's a chip off the old block. <laughs> just, I like to think that he learned how to just lie there in his own filth from me. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I remember the Bucks night um, as much as anyone here. <laughs> that's, that's exactly how it played out. That's exactly how it played out. I pooped my pants and then just fell asleep. Um... So he's uh, yeah, no, but he's 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 doing really well, the little guy. So um, uh, we've sort of had a little bit of a rough patch um, now. Uh, I think it is about this age they uh, begin to understand uh, distance and understand ah, like you're here, but now you're not here, and so they get a little bit potentially more needy, a little bit more whiny. Uh, so, anyway, these things happen. Um, um, so, in between... So, yeah. so, like, when you leave the room, now yeah. he knows that you still exist. Whereas back yes. in the day, like, yeah. if you left the room, it ceased to exist. Yes. but it, and, and everything was fine, because it was like, oh, yeah, well, like, everything's just a fleeting moment. And yeah. now it's like, no, everything should be permanent. Where are you? Come back. Welcome to the world of object permanence. Yes. Well done, Harry. But yeah. I think he's—I think he's going to get there. He'll get there. Um, he'd better. Anyway, 
uh, so between that and uh, a new uh, a new employer, it's a, a new job. It's been um, uh, yeah, I haven't had heaps of time to do uh, to do a lot of different things. I have found now with a uh, a morning commute, I've had time to watch Netflix. So I've been going through Daredevil, and I have been going through some episodes of uh, going back to the start of Archer. I hadn't I'd watched Archer on and off. Um, so now that I have time, every now and again, uh, like today, I had to travel up to Bendigo, so a two-hour train ride. So plenty of time to watch some, uh, you know, get a couple of episodes of Daredevil sort of through, or you know, yeah, watch sort of you know half a season of Archer or something. So that's been good to 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 catch up on viewing. Uh, actually, found I don't know how recent it is. I'm gonna have to give it a. a a longer sort of go. I sort of started watching the start of an episode, but then had to had to stop to get off the train. Um, this a sketch comedy show on made for Netflix with uh, Bob 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 Bob. Can't remember his name. The uh, Better Call Saul guy. I can't remember the actor's name. Um, and uh, I think it's David Bonaduce. No, Bonaduce. No, David someone. Again. A comedian, anyway, uh, and they have a sketch show, and they have a bunch of uh, a bunch of faces and actors that I have seen before. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what that sketch show is like. Uh, it's sometimes I've seen Netflix things be a little bit sort of hit and miss. Um, they've generally been better than not, but we'll see how this one pans out. Kind of like a Netflix Saturday Night Live kind of format. No, more a um, sort of almost proper kind of sketch. Uh, there's no like, um, oh, sorry, I want to say proper. There's no like, hey, live like his. Ah, uh, no, there's there's a live audience, but there's no like um, opening monologue. There's no here's like this week's special guest, and here's like a musical act at the end. It's just a uh, they do sketches um, sort of in in front of a live audience. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see what uh, we'll see what it's like. Uh, Bob and David. That's the one. I'm just thinking, um, Bob O'Derek and David Cross. That's the. Yeah. Don't ask me why I thought it was Bonaduce. Anyway, I love David, David Bonaduce. Cross, uh, someone very different. Yeah, David Cross is pretty funny. So yeah, he's he's great in uh, Arrested Development and then um, the double yes. one. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. the other one. Um. But the other things I've been doing where I have sort of fit in time is I've been playing, and it's not a new game, Marvel Future Fight on uh, uh, on the old phone. It's been good to fill in some time. Very, you could very easily fall into the trap of, um, I guess, pay, pay to win. But, uh, and to be honest, the there's a big button in the game that says autoplay so it basically each fighting sort of stage that you take your, your characters through can be just done by you know, automatically by itself it just kind of runs on autopilot and finishes the level for you so it's not really the most um, uh, necessarily uh, sort of hard game that's for sure it's not a very it, sometimes not the most engaging game but in terms of the um Rinse, repeat, here's some loot kind of, like, gamut. Uh, apply that with 
your favourite Marvel characters, and then yeah, you've kind of got me hooked a little bit. So I'm I'm trying to at the moment save up to get myself a well not save up but uh, collect biometrics as it is in the in the game. I think it's biometrics. Uh, Ev, you 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 play yeah. this, yeah? Um, yeah. Oh god, you've put me in it. I played this game uh, <laughs> nearly two years ago, I think it was, and it was there saved to my That's Google Play account. I didn't look at it again until you said you were playing it, downloaded <laughs> it, and it turns out that I had all these rewards there from uh, various anniversaries of the game being created, and can you at least look uh, at me? You're playing it right now, aren't you? I am playing it right now. I'm trying to find like <laughs> other things. Oh my god, Gamora. There's a new uniform for Gamora. Yeah, and, and no, that's actually, that ties in well, because um, they do, for each new movie, it seems to be non-licensed art, but as soon as the movie comes out, it's a uniform inspired by the movie, and it gives you a 10% bonus. So, like, mm. uh, Doctor Strange is one. I'm playing through the epic Doctor Strange quest at the moment, and uh, he's now almost one of my strongest characters because he's a tier two. I had no idea what that was until I came back in. Um, What's a tier two? Oh, God. So, like, you get them up to 60, and then you get the uh, privilege of getting them up to 60 again. Ah. Uh, better. I yeah. see. Yeah. Yeah, yes. it's like a prestige character. And to be fair, you're right, like the auto auto complete and everything else, I get tickets for contribution <laughs> uh, by auto completing stuff that I haven't done, so I get stuff for doing things I'm not actually doing. The phone just runs by the side of me at work and uh, work if you're listening. Um, yeah, maybe yeah I, I'm not it just using, runs automatically. Yeah, I'm not using work power to uh, charge my phone while I'm doing this. <laughs> but but yeah, you just it takes some interaction. There's some minor interaction. Oh, yeah. Once you clear a level and you clear it at three stars, you can then clear it with any character with minimal input and it's not as strong as a human played character. Um no. it's not quite as strategic. But that being said, yeah. it will it will use all your abilities and everything else and it'll do its best to get through. So it's um, uh, uh, it's a trap. It's a big trap. This game. I almost spent is. money today. <laughs> really? Yeah, See, I, a couple of bucks just for some more gems. You know, buy another yeah. character, get some more boosters. Do it's all those microtransactions <laughs> that really suck you in. <laughs> that, yeah. So so I've because I've had just enough time to play it and see what characters are in. I was fortunate in, like, the first two days of having it installed on my phone, uh, I got a chest that gave me, like, a six-star rocket raccoon. Um, and he's been, like... Yeah, so he's been my, my main... To put it that way. But, um, but yeah, I've had so little time that all I'm... Like, it's, like, it's kind of the perfect game for me that, like, I come back to it and there's all this, like, have this free stuff... And I'm like, yeah, I like free stuff, cool. And then, like, I don't, like, for the past week and a half, I've, I've gone in, I've, I've opened the app every day to collect free stuff, but I haven't actually played any missions. So I haven't done any, I haven't done any more story progress, but I've collected all these 
rare crystals and these ISO 8s and these like biometrics and these tickets and I have I have because I have not played it I have 686 energy out of a possible 50 for the day so so I I look it's it's a good looking game it has that loot kind of like um uh, appeal I think uh, I'm I'm depending on how I go time wise and how everything else pans out I'm that far away from from looking to spend money just to get the Spider-Man Secret Secret Wars costume. It's just it's my favourite. Like, it's, aside from anything Wolverine, that's my favourite costume and my favourite sort of like other, other sort of like superhero in the in, in the Marvel universe. So it's like well, um, but yeah, it's so it's it has this draw and that sort of like it is sucking me in. I don't know that I go so far as to spend money yet, but I'm I'm, I'm getting closer and closer, which it's, is disturbing. It's good to hear you affirm this because. It's pretty much exactly how I feel. I see a new thing. Like, I see the Hulk Secret Wars, and that'll boost my best character by 10%. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. ooh, if I do that, then maybe I can complete the Asgard missions. Like, <laughs> and it's like, what does that cost me? Five ninety nine. Ah, uh, that's all. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh. It's a trap. It is, it is a trap. So, so that's been interesting. Uh, the last... A couple of things. Uh, actually, the last thing, uh, and then I've got something I can say for news. Um, we're playing a game called Automation. Um, it's in early access on Steam. Uh, if you've ever played anything uh, like a game called Detroit back in the day, uh, it's basically get to run your own car manufacturer, build everything from the ground up uh, in terms of your, your vehicle and the engine and all that sort of stuff. So it's... Um, uh, limited in scope at the moment. It's uh, pretty sandboxy, and there's a very light campaign. But it's good fun to just sort of um, sit in there uh, in the light, in the sort of sandbox mode, and take a you know try to make a really cool like muscle car, or try to make a really hot up like um, supercar, or something like that. And it's just um, it's scratching a particular itch, I guess, at the moment for that sort of style of game. Um, I personally can't think of anything since. Detroit that's done something similar. It's taken you know the automotive industry and and, and allowed you to play sort of uh, as a as a manufacturer. Um, it just seems to be um, a genre, a subgenre of simulation or you know like management sort of games that isn't there. So um, so it's, it's scratching that itch at the moment. It'll be interesting to see what it looks like um, when it fully comes out. It's, I'm not too sure of the engine it's on at the moment, but the devs are, are really communicative. There are lots of, um, lots of videos uh, sort of every, every month or sort of um, three weeks or so, uh, and uh, they are trying to port everything to Unreal Engine 4, so it will look a lot crisper and, um, and a lot snazzier. Uh, so, yeah, so that's been, that's been fun to play as well. Okay. Just to note, that's uh, different to the new game, Detroit, that's coming out as well. It's completely different. Uh, Wait, there's a, a new game called Detroit? Yeah, it's got nothing Wait. to do with that. It's from the uh, Quantic Dream, the makers of um, ah, that. Uh, Indigo Quantic Prophecy Dream. and David. Jason. Yes, Jason. Um, and um, the other one. Heavy Rain. Uh, Heavy Rain. Heavy Rain. Yes. Uh, Heavy Rain and fuck, Beyond Two Souls. Heavy Rain and fuck. 
So Detroit Become Human at first glance kind of looks like a uh, Deus Ex meets uh, Blade Runner. Blade Runner, yeah, pretty much. More like Blade Runner meets AI, but yeah, yeah, you're about right. Yeah, true. It's, uh, yeah. it's a philosophical game about what it means to be a human and a robot. Mm. In a robot. Uh, so very different to the Detroit game I was talking about. But yes. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, that's what I've been doing. Do we want to take a quick break uh, before we head into our hot take? Hey, Bat fans. It's the Dad Knight here coming to you from the Batcave. Coming soon will be new and improved episodes of From the Batcave featuring the other members of the Just Us League, Red Thunder, The Probe, El El Cool Elder, and myself, as we bring you weekly video casts featuring DC on TV shows such as Arrow, The Flash, Supergirl and Legends of Tomorrow, plus all the latest comic book movies and much, much more. Head to www.frombatcave.com for all the info and links to our episodes. That's www.frombatcave.com. Hope to see you there, bad fans. Um, what do I say? <laughs> You might need the mask off. <laughs> it muffles you a little bit. At least roll it up. Fuck. God damn it. I don't know. It gives him a Bane-like quality. Are you zipped in? Are you... What do I say? the night? <laughs> You're a big guy. For you. You're a big guy. For you. For you. What a lovely, lovely singing voice. <laughs> yeah, welcome, back to the co- welcome back to the cock, ladies. You like the pop clicks? <laughs> I try not to, but occasionally. Welcome back to Camera Garden, uh, the pop culture cast for the modern human. <laughs> what are we going back to? <laughs> the Kabanana. <laughs> Thanks to our brothers and sisters over at the uh, Tibana Productions for that lovely message that they brought to us. Um, yeah, we're back. And uh, Josh Everett has the uh, hot take for the week. Do you want to take us away, Joshua? I will indeed. This week's hot take is Alien Covenant, a.k.a. Prometheus 2, Prometheus's, Promethei, or Prometheodes. My Greek was never that great. Spoiler alert. Alien Covenant was released in Australia this month, giving a conclusion to 2012's Prometheus. Receiving a rather lukewarm reception critically, both Prometheus and Covenant sit at about 65% on Metacritic, which is pretty much how I feel about them. They weren't terrible, just not anything close to the original movies. While it seeks to fill in some of the background of the Alien franchise, Prometheus and Covenant sweep aside past theories about the origin of the Xenomorphs and do away with tense dark corridors and nostalgic sonar pings in the process. Xenomorphs are confirmed to be a creation of David, played by Michael Fassbender, and android progeny of Peter Wayland, as well as being hybrids of an original bioweapon created by the engineers called a Neomorph. Personally, I prefer the now non-canonical version where predators feeded and then used the aliens as hunting practice and as a coming-of-age ritual. The adaptive nature of the alien through host DNA incorporation leads to some interesting potential story developments as well as hive-like social structure. 
a multi-species hybridized hive? I'd rather see that movie. Once again, the alien becomes a once dangerous plot piece where you expect it to cause carnage, but instead becomes a victim of tropic machinations. The overall movie suffers from the same fate. Key elements are broadcast early, and while there is a satisfaction to your personal assumptions being proven correct, a surprise once in a while would be nice. Less of a horror thriller, more of an exposition filler, it will be interesting to see what Ridley Scott will launch in the next franchise piece. Cool. I like how you rhymed that uh, tagline. Yes. Huh? Yeah, going going for that alliteration. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It's more rhyme. Trying to be a horror more an exposition. That's, that was good. Good work. Thanks. It's like a, like a rap. <laughs> uh, He's He's slanging. In the streets. He's he's invading he's uh, invading your territory. No, no, there's no territory to invade. Patty G. I'm neutral. I am neutral. Patty um, G. But how how good was David in the original Prometheus? So like how he basically channeled Bowie for that whole movie, and like he was just such an awesome character. It's a shame that they uh, he was promoted to a more main character in uh, Alien Covenant, but um. Yeah, he, I, I don't think he, he lost some of that magic that he had in the uh, first. I think that's that, what uh, I missed movie. was the the innocence of the androids. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was that the well, androids were good, safe characters? Like until he until the sex scene he had with his brother, the the brother was pretty innocent. The brother well, was a good character as well. Yeah, no, it was definitely. Look, I don't have huge problems with this movie as far as being entertaining. Like, you can watch it, you can get enough out of it. It Mm. just... Nothing really compares to the original movies where they're dark, they're dank, you feel claustrophobic, you feel like you're being hunted. These movies are more about trying to tell you the story as to what's behind those movies. And they've lost that original feel. Like, you don't get that heartbeat going when the pulse rifles like showing you the pings and you know it's creeping up on you but you just can't see it there's none of that to be fair they've only ever achieved that in one movie though like the pulse rifles and the marines only ever showed up in aliens like yeah and uh i don't even know if ridley scott considers that canon anymore does he like well what does um, he consider canon i mean really like predators out avps out um, Everything after Alien 3 is definitely out. And Alien technically is probably out by now. Yeah, yeah maybe. Um, but yeah, like, I've been looking a lot into how to structure a story recently over the last couple of uh, couple of months, and one of the big things that they talk about in building and uh, paying off suspense is that you make a promise promise to the audience that you have to keep at some point. The promise at the end of Prometheus was that Shaw and David would go to this other planet and you'd see this, like, epic battle between Shaw and uh, this, you know, godlike master race. And then the sequ- the next movie comes along and they're killed off in a back, in a, you know, flashback that takes less than five minutes. They, they're not a threat at all to the movie in any way, shape or form. Like, the the only threat is the... Um, is the spore that David himself brings to the world. The engineers have nothing to do with this story, really. So it really, you know, lets you down after the promise that they made at the end of Prometheus. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, there's a whole lot of background there that could really be... I mean, 
they have a lot of potential, and then to see them mm. take it down the cheap movie route of, uh, you know, the fight between the two robots, um, the the overall, the robot ends up being the bad guy, he engineers the master race, like, yeah. I just, it just feels so cliched, like, I'd almost want it to play out how everyone expected it to, um, because that seemed so much richer and more in-depth than anything they came out with with these two movies. Well, yeah, the, the engineers were set up to be this huge major bad guy that, you know, Shaw was going to go to this other planet and have this huge epic fight against, and, yeah, yeah. They, they had they posed no threat whatsoever. They were killed off by dropping one bomb, and then Shaw and David lived happily ever after until, you know, the obvious. <laughs> or even with uh, the game, like the uh, AVP, the game, they, you see the alien burst out of the um, the pilot race, which is where the hive first started, and yeah. you you like you think okay sure maybe they didn't mean to bring them here because it burst out of the pilot itself like yeah. it it was an accident it wasn't meant to happen it was just an accidental infestation so yeah in Alien yeah the the creature the space jockey had or the engineer as they now know who was sitting in the in the pilot seat, he had he had been chest bursted. Yeah. So yeah. But this game movie doesn't so so full spoilers alert spoiler alert. David Sinegli engineers the Xenos and but this is after all of the engineers are presumably killed. So there's no chance of a Xeno ever infecting an engineer. So therefore this does rule make alien not canon, I guess. Well, like, the, the Neomorphs, they kind of jumped out through the back. Like, you don't yeah. get you don't get aliens, you get Neomorphs, which are kind of pale, pasty, uh, still acidic blood, but not really the, the full-formed killers that you get from David. Reproduction cycle, like, they don't have eggs and they, um, and they can't, you know, they, they get frightened away by light, so yeah. I think they get burned by light, actually. Yeah, it was one. Of, it just completely um, turns around what that original, I don't know, understanding mm. was of the creature. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, like I think it was very much a. Um, it was. It was a horror movie or a horror thriller in this in. In the same way that Apocalypse Now was an action movie, like they're both. I think they were both really vehicles for the director to express his personal philosophy rather than actually, you know, fill the fulfill the genre tropes which would have made a much better movie. Yeah, I could probably say probably it would be a reasonable amount of that. But also just safe marketing. Like as always, mm. Hollywood safe marketing where they don't want to take any risks. Just play to the broadest audience, get yourself a decent 70% support and uh, and then be happy with the money that you make. Don't take risks. Mm. Mm. Sorry, I, 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 sorry, I don't have too much to say. I haven't, I haven't uh, seen, I've seen Aliens and I've seen Aliens because it's better than stuff. Alien, aliens best. is the best, Josh. <laughs> it's it. Aliens is the only movie, the only movie worth watching, basically. Um, the, I, I have questioned: is is a predators in the same like actual like universe, or are they like 
retrospectively, okay. like, so combined later on to make the AVP sort of, like, movies and games and stuff. Aliens are in Predator 2. Yes. There's an alien skull on board the ship of the Predator at the end of Predator 2. Yes. That, that one little Easter egg, they developed yes. the Alien versus Predator uh, uh, comics and all that stuff. And but yes. until the until like okay, depends on what you consider canon. Like Ridley Scott himself mm. says, the only thing that's canon is Prometheus, uh, Alien Covenant, and Alien. Um, personally, I consider Prometheus, Alien, and Aliens to be mm. canon. Um, and then you know a lot of people yeah. So but then in terms of movies, you've got Alien. Aliens, Alien 3, Resurrection, AVP, AVP 2, Predator, Predator 2. So, you know, what's, what's real? <laughs> it's all just imaginary. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you. I see. I see. But that being said, like, there's been some really good mashups of the franchises. Like, I, I mean, I'm not overly keen on AVP 2 or anywhere where um, a substantial group of people get to escape an alien. Because let's face it, mm. it's supposed to be the ultimate killing machine. Like it's mm. perfectly bred, perfectly suited to its environment, hard to kill. It should decimate a population of people in you know hardly any time at all. Um, but that being said, can they please make Alien versus Predator versus Terminator? Like they colon the good one. The yeah, <laughs> the yeah. the best yeah. one. It was yeah. um, it was a good comic line back in what early two thousand late nineties something like that um, where you have Sigourney Weaver uh, sides with and lives with the Predators for a while and then because after Alien <laughs> Resurrection she's an alien human hybrid she can side with the aliens for a while but she like plies both sides to beat the Terminators eventually, because we all know who the real enemy is. It's the goddamn robots. It's the machines so it's like, and robots. If you take all crossovers into account, aliens exist in the same world as Predators, which exist in the same world as Terminators, and they also exist in the same world as Batman, and they also exist in the same world as Judge Dredd, and Batman exists in the same world as the X-Men, because of the whole Marvel DC comics over us, so everything exists everywhere. So, I mean, really, yeah. what well, is canon? Yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> there's, a universe, there's a universe out there somewhere where everything exists everywhere, but it's not this universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, Skynet can't exist in the same world as Wayland Utani. Let's just get that straight. Well, and that's kind of one well. of the issues with this movie as well as it's just Wayland. There's no Wayland Utani. It's just Wayland. Well, not yet. Not yet. Yeah. yeah, so what's coming Not next? Yet. What are they going to do? Like, how are they no, going to make this know. fun? The next movie is going to be about a merger between <laughs> Wayland and your party. It's, it's like... The, there's not going to be any aliens in it. It's just going to be a like it's going to be like the Wolf of Wall Street, but it's set in twenty three thirty nine. I was going to say the worst of Star Wars, <laughs> like and who votes? Uh, <laughs> and who votes to accept this merger offer? This takeover <laughs> offer? Asses, 41 against 51, I. And the Wookiees have it. <laughs> and then Peter Whalen just stands up and says, I am the board. 
and the Wookiees say, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think, funny. yeah, what, what matters is what's canon in your head, and if you think that Batman exists in the same world as the aliens, then more power to you. Then, yeah, okay. I can, I'll, I'll keep living that dream. Um, cool. Sorry, I don't want to stifle any further actual conversation about the movie. I had to ask the question. <laughs> what was the question? No, I asked it. I asked it already. <laughs> it about was, five yeah, minutes okay. ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, so, you, uh, were you finished talking about aliens there, Josh? Alien? Yeah, I'm done. I, I'm disappointed. I almost want to discount Prometheus and this one in you know, my canon mindset. Um, I would I'll, say... I'll see what comes every, next. Uh, just fucking... If you're looking for a good Aliens movie, just watch Aliens. Yeah. Well, I, that's the problem. They're all coming out at my local theatre. Like, I, I actually would quite <laughs> enjoy seeing a new release of the old <laughs> movies. Yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, it's just... It doesn't, it doesn't stop you from watching the old movies. Like, I hate these people who see a reboot and, like, crack the shits and I'm just like well it doesn't stop you from watching the old movie and nothing is ever going to take away from how good Aliens was yeah. so just watch that again as our is the official Kamaraguana position on Prometheus um, <laughs> sorry Alien Covenant <laughs> watch Aliens again I'm sorry it was so contentious okay so Shall we, uh, shall we kick into news? We should. Yes. News. Now. Um. Is that? Uh, so, in the, the time that has passed uh, since last recording, uh, Destiny 2 has been, obviously we knew it was happening, but it got its release date, it's in September this year, so I know I'm looking forward to it. Wilson, are you I looking also forward to it? I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to playing a different class from you this time, so we don't just end up rolling around as being the same class with well, the same I ended skills up... the whole time again. Well, I ended up being the hunter at the end, yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that, that became yeah, my main. So yeah. uh, not <laughs> no, not because you whinged. Actually, I thoroughly enjoyed playing the the, the hunter um, uh, once I sort of uh, got into it. So I'll probably, I mean, yeah, we'll see what um, uh, if they're going to stick with the same classes. Uh, they, for are. Their, um, they are. Okay. So, so what's um, confirmed is that they're sticking with the three mm. main same classes. Mm-hmm. And they're replacing three of the subclasses with mm-hmm. uh, different versions of the subclasses. There's a okay. there's a different version of the void of the defender for the titan. Uh, it's a a warlock variant that's focused on aerial combat, and okay. a okay. hunter that's focused on acrobatics. An acrobatic hunter. I, I like yes. the idea of the um. I like the idea of a uh, a, a warlock um. With sort of aerial uh, sort of fighting capabilities, that sounds um, that sounds pretty cool. Some pretty unique. That's and I think 
the best, most fun I had with the Titan was the, the one throwing those solar hammers around. So I'm glad to mm. hear that that might be sticking around. Um, and also, you know, I liked getting in close. So the Punchy Punchy Titan is also sticking around. They're close quarters for that one. But this new Defender one is sounds like it's going to be similar to that Void Titan, but with more mm. close quarters uh, abilities. So it's going to be mm-hmm. similar to Tank, you know, probably would have a similar skill to that one where you pop a bubble and, you know, everyone hides out in that, but with mm. more punchy abilities. Um, mm. Yeah, so it sounds pretty good. I mean, I'm just going to wait and see what you roll before I roll my character. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well, yeah, that, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. That's, that's my next big uh, release. Um, despite, I guess, everything else that's kind of on the uh, horizon, I'm, I'm most, I guess, excited about that. I think that they... Uh, it, what got me through the initial stages of Destiny was uh, how good the shooting was, how, how good it felt, as a, as like the, the just how it played, it played really well. Um, the story was a, it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't great. And then um, there sort of wasn't, uh, yeah, uh, I guess there's sort of like it, the, the, it dropped off a little bit until the DLC sort of came along, and it wasn't until um, sort of Taken King. I think, uh, and they kind of nailed the that sort of story and gameplay like combo um, all in together there. And the best bit of it, I think, was just that sort of ability to, because it played so well, just to play with friends and get on and do some um, uh, some some missions. Uh, whether it was like story to complete a story, uh, or whether it was yeah doing um, we didn't do any raids. Uh, what were the other missions? What were they called? Right. Like, uh, yes, doing like strike missions and stuff like that. That was, yeah, and, and it was good fun. It was like you were able to like get in, you know, um, get that loot again. It comes back to the loot sort of like, uh, you know, trying to get the drops, trying to get the the, the sweet butt towels and and scarves and and all that sort of stuff. It was, you know, things that, uh, yeah, to, to make you look cool. I think the the, the biggest thing for me uh, in the lead up to Destiny. Uh, it was this the the, the big stories about oh, this is this is like my gun and this is how like this is the story of how I got my gun and it was really like ah oh, it sounds so awesome to have this like oh you know like each real sort of personalized how I got this and then uh, and part of it I assume is just you know it's 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 life it's what's going to happen in in development of a game it's hard to make so many different like. Um, components um, and at some point in time it's like okay yeah here's Galahorn here's just you know, yeah, you complete this mission and then you're going to get it it's like there's no other way around it so like yeah sure yeah this is the gun that I got at the end of this but then so did everyone else and then it, it loses some of its like special feeling it would be good to see how maybe Bungie can address that in Destiny 2 and if there's any sort of uh, I'd settle for the division style of like at least a little bit of like customization to the weapon or a bit more customization to the weapon so at least then you, you can kind of have that hey yeah that's a cool looking gun it's like oh well I got this and then I found this in this raid and I did this and this thing and this is how I've gotten to this this piece of machinery I have in front of me so I don't know we'll see I think one of the best things that uh, Halo really nailed was the, the gunplay and uh, mm. doing stuff your, um, your mates and then Destiny's mm. the logical conclusion of that I think like 
mm. rock solid gunplay and uh, you know having a co-op thing there and the story was kind of just a uh, an afterthought almost. But that being mm. said, uh, they, the guys over at Bungie uh, um, really made a commitment to you know fix up the story and make a lot more cinematic story in this new mm. in uh, new game. So yeah. Mm. Mm. No, yeah, so I mean, looking forward to that. Ev, you can get Destiny too? Do you need just have an Xbox? Well, well. Come <laughs> join us to the dark side. Should. Uh, it's on my list of or, things to do. Like it's. Or um, if you are. <laughs> join us! If get you are. Uh, if you're willing to put up with Battle.net, you can get it on PC now as well, apparently. Oh, okay, yeah. really? Oh, yeah. So it's launching on Battle.net, using Battle.net as its uh, as its provider. Well, that's interesting. Wow. I could actually, uh, I could do that. So, I mean, I have a Battle.net account. I've fought for it many times after it's been stolen many times. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's finally secure now. <laughs> um, then you would be able to play with us, which is the, the bad side. Are you serious? No, no cross platform no, no because uh, playing on a computer is going to make it makes it like it was already very easy to get headshots off in the place in the Xbox and PlayStation versions so playing with a mouse and keyboard is just going to make it insane like makes, makes yeah, it too good. I can understand that yes, yes. so you should get an Xbox <laughs> mm. is, right. is basically alright done sold I'll take eight sold <laughs> good so man is one an Xbox One. Hey, that's a better tagline. Oh. <laughs> All you need it. is one. All you need is one. An Xbox One. We're better that's, marketers for things other than our own products. That's right. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, Wonder Woman is good bad. I'm reading the run sheet. What is? Uh, what do you mean by is good bad? Yes. You. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, no, it's been a pet peeve of mine at the moment is that, uh, as I pointed out on our Facebook site, and it was one of our most responded to posts, uh, Wonder Woman seems to be receiving mixed reviews. Uh, half of the stuff I'm seeing out there is saying it's the worst DC movie ever made, and the other half is saying it's the best movie ever made. So, you know, and saying the worst DC movie ever made, if it's worse than Suicide Squad, that would probably make it the worst movie ever made as well. So, what can you say? Um, yeah, it seems like critics nowadays, they can't seem to take a middle path. They can't just say, oh, yeah, it's all right, or, oh, yeah, it's not the best thing ever. Like, they have to say either it's the worst thing ever or the best thing ever. So, you know, really, who can you trust? I think it, the only people you can trust is Karma Aguana. Yes. Yeah. And even <laughs> then, I wouldn't trust us. Um, I would. <laughs> I, mean, I can understand. I mean, don't let us babysit or look after your dog. That's yeah. for sure. That's right. Unless I'll it's your an iguana. We're good with iguanas. And we, uh, we keep them. Well, we are good with. We do. We do. I don't think we've ever seen a stressed iguana in our company. No, I certainly mm-hmm. haven't. I haven't I haven't seen a stressed iguana ever. So anyway, yeah. So Wonder Woman, yeah, coming out pretty soon, actually, like uh, Friday, I think, or Thursday this week in Australia. Um. You know, I'm not sure what you can do with it. You should be listening to the critics out there or uh, you know, just go and see it for yourself and make up your own mind these days. Yeah, I'm keen to go see it soon. Uh, there's friends of ours that we normally go see movies with. They're currently in Bali, so as soon as they come back, we'll go as a group. 
And it's good to have that extra audience just to bounce off of after the movie to see. Mm. I'm putting it on par with Captain America because there's a lot that's constructively similar between the two, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, between that and it's like kind of like a mashup between Captain America and Thor, I guess, if you were going to really go that far. Um, yeah. But yeah, constructively similar. Yeah, and you know we'll see we'll see what it's like. Like I I'm still thinking that the best DC movie to come out will probably be Aquaman uh, because it's so unknown. There's less writing on it. They're not going to try and play Batman as Batman or Superman as some sort of forward-facing, always horizontal flying man. Um, they're they're going to be willing to take some risks. Yep. You heard it here first, folks. In Aquaman movie, a s- Superman will be flying like uh, completely in a power stance to yes. every battle. <laughs> always. Well, to intimidate and protect. (laughs) (laughs) It's good that they are changing up some of the Aquaman a bit because he's always been like, uh, at least in the Injustice games, he's this, he's this straight life, laced, blonde-haired, white boy who's kind of a bit of a boring character. So casting um, Carl Drogo Mm -hmm. as Aquaman is uh, really awesome and I'm looking forward to seeing it. Jason Momoa is a safe bet. Like, he's... He can at least play Jason Momoa and keep pretty much everyone happy, even if he doesn't introduce anything new to the character. He'll be fine. Like yeah. he, you know, he's got enough support and he's physically built to to occupy this position, this character. Well, Aquaman's always been kind of a bit more slender than Superman. I mean, not I in the DC animated universe, because uh, you know everyone's shaped. Exa- all the men are shaped like. Uh, bricks and all the ladies are shaped like hourglasses in the DCAU, but yeah. in the comic books he's always seems more slender, whereas in this movie he's going to be wider than Batman and Superman. He's, so. he's traditionally very Aryan. Um, oh. Like, he's he's always had that uh, short, neat haircut, like Aryan physique, oh. slightly blondish. Yeah. But, but this more like is... He looks more like Submariner. He looks more like more the Submariner from Marvel in this... Uh, in this movie than he looks like Aquaman. <laughs> Cornering yeah. the market mm. before the um, Infinity War kicks in and they try and bring in Submariner. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's Sub- one thing. I've always always gotten... Con- like, So, Namor and Aquaman have both, you know, been semi-antagonistic anti-heroes. Hmm who are shown to prioritise Atlantis over humans. So to me, Namor, Submariner and Aquaman don't have enough to differentiate between them than say, you know, than say Batman and Wolverine or, or Superman mm. and uh, Captain America. Like, you know, between DC and Marvel, you have very clear-cut differences between analogues, but except for in the case of Aquaman and Namor, basically. And I do have a soft spot for Aquaman because I like the idea of someone getting into a fist fight over a tank of lobsters in a restaurant. My <laughs> <laughs> wife almost did that in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe don't go back to Canada. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, what else have we got there? 
what else? Uh, there's not been heaps of uh, heaps of news. Something I wanted to touch on um, b- before uh, I thought I'd say talk to the news section. It's not necessarily anything too big, um, but on the back of our uh, conversation in the last podcast around first-person shooters and how there should be more first-person shooters uh, looking at Vietnam as a timepiece. Um, just yesterday, a video game uh, was released uh, on Steam. Uh, Rising Storm. Well, Rising Storm 2, Vietnam. So, uh, it was just released for um, public consumption, I should say. They've um, had it on there available for you to purchase or pre-purchase for, for a while. So, um, somewhat interested um, uh, to, to see, I guess, how it goes. Um, just, yeah, purely out of um, out of interest and out of what we were discussing last week. Um, I know it's, uh, well, from what I understand, it's 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 a, just a giant multiplayer game. It's not, um, yeah. I don't think there's any story-driven elements. So, um, it would be good to see another story-driven game, but in, oh, in lieu of that... Our um, arguments must have really uh, you know, fired up those uh, game producers to have them turn around this game so quickly after hearing it after that. Very quickly, I know, I know. Yeah. So I'm glad yeah. to see that our, our role as uh, influencers has been fully acknowledged by the uh, video game production the, community. That's it, by the industry. They, they understand. They take us seriously. And so. by us... And you know, I mean, us, we mean through the audience by as a as an extension. Yeah, reflecting <laughs> with your dollars, you're doing well, audience. You're doing well. We thank you. Uh, I I I don't think there's any more news. I can't think of anything else. Is there any other news? Mm, no, uh, we know E3 is coming up for, in a couple of weeks. Yes, uh, in a couple of weeks. To hear what, uh, your predictions are for the upcoming game show? Um, I've the only thing I can uh, I can think of that might uh, occur uh, or that I'd like to see um, is a VR headset for um, the uh, Xbox One. Understanding. Uh, yeah, we've got um, Scorpion. It's uh, sort of on its way. We've got, I guess, yeah, the the, the power there. I'm sure it'll be some sort of Oculus uh, sort of concoction. The Rift. Uh, I guess they've already sort of spoken about it being um, being sort of tied uh, in in that sort of respect to the Xbox One for, from a console perspective. So it'd be interesting to see if this E3 is the E3 where they discuss it, where it comes up. That's that's yeah. My my prediction is that Microsoft will uh, announce a headset for VR. Oh yeah, you stole my uh, prediction there. That's what I had written down too. The uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the announcement of the uh, or the announcement of the official name of the Scorpio. Looking mm. forward to seeing some games playing on it, and uh, and obviously yeah, I'm expecting there to be a big surprise announcement to say yep, the Xbox Scorpio is launching alongside the Xboculus. <laughs> That's my uh, little portmanteau of Xbox and uh, Oculus there. And Oculus, uh, yeah. Yeah, I expect the Oculus hardware to maybe launch alongside the Xbox Scorpio. But haven't heard any rumors about that yet, which you know means that it probably won't happen. But that would be an awesome surprise. Mm-hmm. It, um, I don't know. Yeah. 
I don't know about this whole VR thing. I mean, I've used it once at PAX, and, uh, you know, it's pretty cool, but, yeah, we'll have to see, I guess. Like, I don't know about the idea of cutting myself off from, you know, my family when I play at home. Like, I don't know how tenable that would be for a modern gamer. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think that certainly in a family dynamic, you would need some special awareness and some some uh, ability to to still be connected to the rest of your family. I think um, from pre-child to now, post-birth uh, of child, uh, I think when you don't have that, if it's just sort of your partner, you can... Um, uh, you can actually... You're actually quite sort of removed... Uh, and I don't mean that in a bad way, I mean, but, like, you are kind of uh, off in your own kind of, like, world when, well, I was anyway, when I gained, because, you know, e- even without a headset on and, and sort of nothing but, um, you know, just regular sort of sound pumping through, like, a, a monitor or a, um, or a TV or the the, um, the speakers on my desk, you're still, like, engrossed enough that you don't really, yeah, you, you don't really paying attention because you don't need to be called into action for anything like uh, immediately so I think certainly from sort of general sort of usage I think yeah a headset is just no different really other than obviously for the you know the obvious things but it's no different in terms of how engaged you are in a video game I think too we um uh you said that you'd seen uh, VR at PAX once I've seen. Uh, I think it was was it the same packs potentially, uh, and it was a roller coaster thing. Uh, that's going back a few years now. It's uh, four years, I think, now ago, um, and a lot's come. Um, uh, it's come a long way since then. So I think it's. Um, uh, I'm I'm excited by by VR and and what it can do. I think there's um, a lot to be said, obviously, for. Um, in the same way, the Connect was for sort of an industry uh, yeah, um, sort of application going to use. I think there's probably a lot for VR. I think is it going to change video games uh, fundamentally? No, I don't think it's you know you're still going to want to play with a controller on like a, a two-dimensional like sort of plane. I don't think you're going to want to have this like in depth unless it's something real sort of uh, specialised or or unless it's uh, like for the purpose Uh, I can't see myself playing a controller platformer in a VR headset yeah no unless you get a fully integrated system like something that's headset you know both eyes and ears but you've also got something within your hands and a treadmill beneath your feet like that's the moment that this tech is really going to take off like realistically we're only working on aspects of individual you know plugins for that functionality i mean that being said though i'm paranoid enough about having headphones on anything could be going on in the corridor outside behind me i if i'm playing doom i'm probably not going to know what's going on at the back like of my house if there's yeah. something over my eyes as well i'm going to be thinking that there could be you know, my house could be stripped. People could take all my furniture, and I would have no idea because I'm busy shooting demons. 
And then <laughs> afterwards, I probably won't care because the demons away. Yes, exactly. I can't just leave them there. <laughs> uh, no, no. Like, fully immersive systems are good, but they also scare me just a little bit. Like, don't take me out of the world that much, I guess. Like, I kind of want to have one eye on what's going on around me. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm kind of the same, like, with the uh, having something over my eyes and earphones over the ears just takes you too far out of the world and, like, if, if you know, you need to pay attention to your surroundings, especially being more adult than most or than some gamers, I guess. I suppose the average age for a gamer is, like, 30, 32-ish nowadays anyway. Yeah, uh, but in terms of what you were saying before, Josh, about uh, having a treadmill under your feet, like, I think it is o- Oculus that has the room scale VR, so you are actually moving around a, you know, five metre by five metre square area, and, you know, you are moving within the world, and it is fully immersive in that way. Uh, they've also got situations over in the US, and I'm sure it'll come to Australia eventually, where they have an entire warehouse that's completely mapped out within the computer world with solid physical interactable objects that you can interact with via the VR headset so mm. we'll see we'll see uh, maybe more specialised environments are the way that VR is really going to take off in the next 10 years that being said you know we did have more specialised environments in the early 90s for the birth of VR <laughs> that we saw that really took off did they I think mm. it's like need versus want like we want these hyper realistic environments but when faced with, you know, oh, God, I actually have to exercise, like, or I have to be capable of doing that, you know, the whole point of gaming generally these days is entertainment and escapism. And there'd be a whole bracket of people out there who game all day to get outside of their own personal world, to get into that outside experience of doing something other than what they're capable of. And once VR, like, it can't be too prevalent because, I mean, realistically, if you require physical input to complete the action, like, you would immediately discount quite a large amount of your audience, I guess. Like, not wanting to, Mm. you know, put too fine a point on it. But a lot of the people who I've met who are serious long-term gamers have generally had something that restricts them from being outside in the world doing what it is they want to do. So gaming's gaming's their retreat. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's it's yeah. I concur. So brain control. Brain control is where it's at. <laughs> like it's, yeah. Just yeah. uh yeah. Plug it right in actually be in the matrix. Yes. yes. As a processor not as a battery, which is what apparently the original storyline was meant to be. Oh, really? Makes more sense, because, you know, if you wanted batteries, you'd use cats. It does. Yeah. But if you want yeah. complex processing, you just keep the brain busy and get the rest of the brain to do the, the processing for you. To do the processing? Mm. My goodness. Goddamn you, yeah. Hollywood. You spoiled a good franchise. Good. Damn it, Hollywood. Uh, so with E3 predictions uh, out of the way, what we've got coming up in the next uh, couple of weeks or so, in the next little while, the the Mummy. So is there a new Mummy movie? I've forgotten about that. Yeah. So yeah, a while ago there was, a, um, there was talk about Tom Cruise rebooting the Van Helsing movies, which I guess was kind of incorrect. What What was true is that He's trying to re or sorry, Universal is trying to reboot their horror 
the classic universal horror movies, of which Van Helsing mm-hmm. was one of them. And mm-hmm. uh, The Mummy is the first movie in that whole reboot. So they've tried a few times with that Dracula Dead and Loving It movie. No, not the Dracula Dead and Loving It, but the, uh, the Dracula movie a few years ago and then the uh, Aaron Eckhart Frankenstein movie, but they weren't mm-hmm. really properly linked, whereas now The Mummy, like um, they're bringing back The Mummy and Dr. Heck, Jekyll and Mr. Hyde are confirmed characters within The Mummy movie, so obviously there's going to be Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde spin off of that. And maybe Tom Cruise's last name turns out to be Van Helsing at the end of the movie as a big spoiler twist. So they're going to reboot all those old classic Universal horror movies and turn them into a shared universe similar to what DC and Marvel are doing. So, you know, DC, uh, Universal looked at Warner Brothers and looked at Disney and said, what can we do to have a big franchise as good as that? And this is their answer. (laughs) It's kind of, that's almost actually feasible because when you think about it, like, Disney's doing that with all their um, animated content. They're making the real-life action versions, and that means that they'll hold license over the action versions uh, for a lot longer now because they're all coming due. They'll be public domain otherwise. Um, no, they, those, those stories have always been public domain. Um, well, they are, but they do have grounds in the fact that when they've created these movies... If it represents their movies to a specific extent, they can actually yeah. still get them under copyright. So it's not the story, it's the resemblance to the movies, which is, you know, like... If your Cinderella wears a blue dress as well, then to ripping off Disney's Cinderella too Yeah, much. what was it? Samsung and Apple with electronic rectangular device? I mean, <laughs> you, know, you, you see how far you can push it, and if the court rules in your favour, congratulations, here's some money. So, yeah. yeah. So a few things coming out this month. We've got Wonder Woman, obviously, coming out uh, 2nd of June uh, for a wider release. Transformers, The Last Night. The Mummy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, hopefully The Last Transformers. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Michael Bay has said it's going to be his last Transformers. So well, it should be, because it's after the world falls, so it has to be from here on. <laughs> Uh, the Mummy, Despicable Me 3, Despicable Me, obviously, everyone likes that, surely, right? Really? Uh, maybe. Nope. All Eyes on Me, Tupac, uh, Tupac Biopic, which, if you're into Tupac, which may or may not be accurate, I guess, depending on your views of his life. Cars 3, <laughs> I haven't seen a Pixar movie for probably 12 months now. Unfortunately, <laughs> there was once upon a time I would never have missed one, and then they started mm. making sequels, which they said they would never do, and yeah, I'm pretty okay with not watching any more. So that's pretty much everything for June. Seems a bit cynical right now, but we're heading into the uh, the mid-level release for American movies. Doesn't always line up with Australia. Um, we'll mm. be heading into their stronger season in another month or so. So, mm-hmm. not much else coming up. Um, looking forward to the next couple of months when we get into the home stretch. What's mm. uh, when's uh, Pirates coming out? Pirates is already out, so that came out a couple of days ago. What? Um, Seriously? Yeah, I haven't did. seen it. Yeah, no, you haven't yet. From what I've heard, uh, if you've seen the other Pirates movies, watch this one. If you haven't seen the other Pirate movies, watch this one. Because it's basically the other pirate movies. 
So. <laughs> so, so I really loved Pirates One, and then um, then I didn't like the other two, but then I went on Pirates of the Caribbean ride last year, and now I'm all on board for another Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Uh, the only but thing of note that I want to point out for this movie is uh, the de-aging CGI. So when yeah. you see young Johnny Depp, that's actually Johnny Depp. They've de-aged him without using a, a like-looking actor. So instead of picking someone who looks kind of Johnny Depp-like, they've gone ahead and just de-aged Johnny Depp. Quite effective. He does look very youthful, but uh, it's sort of is bad in relation to getting younger actors into the game. Uh, normally, that was kind of everyone's big break. Like, you pick someone who... Uh, what was it? One of the Austin Powers movies, you know, they interview the kid who plays a young Dr. Evil. And uh, yes. his, his main strength was that he could just mimic Dr. Evil, not particularly well, but well enough that he could just be a younger version. And that was his mm. launching into Hollywood. He got contact, he got, you know, a little bit of money and then his career sort of went on from there. So I'm supportive of what they do because it's actually starting to look quite good, but it might limit, you know, younger actors trying to get into the industry just off the back of little acting roles here and there for looking like mm. well, This isn't the first movie to do it. I mean, they've done it in um, Guardians of the Galaxy and uh, and uh, Tron before it. So, you know, they're just refining the technology now, I guess. Yeah, definitely. But it's uh, quite refined mm. compared to those movies. Like, you can sort of see each one they do get slightly better. One of the things that I wanted to point out or note was... Um, They've worded it in the uh, in the trailer that this Pirates movie is either going to be the last Pirates movie or it's going to be the, the first movie in the last Pirates trilogy. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think it was it was something like see the beginning of the end or something similar like that. <laughs> see, has the actual wording in the trilogy, which I found quite interesting. Yeah, we ended up referencing it in the last cast as a bit of a joke, but it actually mm. sounds like it might be the case. Um, yeah. They're always in it for more money. Yeah. You want to talk about uh, video games coming out in June as well? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. Basically nothing. <laughs> nah, Dirt, Dirt 4 is coming out uh, June 6th, it was meant to be, but the latest uh, date I've seen is June 9th, so probably been pushed back for a few days, or maybe discrepancy between Australian and US release dates there. But, uh, yeah, as we spoke in the last podcast, Dirt is one of the great racing games, so yeah, mm. strongly recommend checking that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, aside yeah. from that, in June, there is Farming Simulator 18. Oh, How do you get into that? that stuff. Yeah. That's yeah, on 3DS. Yeah, so I'm there. That's a 3DS. Uh, the next episode of the Guardians, release? Guardians of the Galaxy is probably already out. Is it all right? Look, is this one of those things where reality and games merge over, and it's not a farming simulator? You're actually piloting um, GPS guided <laughs> machinery at a farm somewhere in in the US in the Corn Belt. You're just driving like, round and round, cultivating. Like an endless game. Yeah, like pretty just, much. Just talking about. And by the end so, of it, you find out you're responsible for like 0.15 percent of the US GDP. 
um, yeah, but no, a uh, automated like computer would do it much more efficiently than you would. So, and it would be cheaper too. Um, Maybe they can't yeah, uh, uh, account for trees, so then they introduce the paddy factor. There's yes. not many trees in a in a field like that. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know of. Otherwise, there's uh, Wipeout, the Amiga collection, which uh, apparently if you pre-order a special version of that, you'll get Retro Case for. So that sounds pretty cool. But, you know, if you want to get an Australia, I'd assume you're probably just going to have to get a digital download. Guardians of the Galaxy, as I mentioned before, Telltale series, Episode 2 is coming out uh, on the 6th of June as well. Nintendo Switch, you get the ARMS game. Switch. Switch. Yeah, the the ARMS game. Doesn't seem to be much else. Yeah, it looks no. like I don't know what that is. Um, some sort of boxing simulator, I think. Yeah, boxing. Uh, Super- okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it um, doesn't look very good. No, moving right along because we know we uh, have uh, short on time. Uh, do we want to answer these few questions that came in via email? Yeah. yeah. Let's do emails. Yeah. Oh, emails. Playing the email music there, Josh. Um, nah, fuck him. <laughs> Alright, first question coming in from Bo uh, on the emails. Uh, are the Battlefront 2 cheeses giving us any solid information to The Last Jedi? Hmm, I'm not really yeah. sure. Uh, we have seen Rey's new costume in Battlefront 2, which looks very similar to Qui-Gon Jinn, so maybe that's a bit of a spoiler, saying that into giving us some sort of indication that uh, Rey's related to Qui-Gon Jinn, which would probably be genetically impossible, considering Qui-Gon Jinn died well before her birth. But, <laughs> yep. Uh, what do you guys think about Battlefront 2 teasers? Anything? Aside from the Ray looking like Qui-Gon? I can't see anything else like myself. I mean, it's it's going to be a big tie-in to, to the, the cinematic sort of, you know, uh, universe, everything's in there. They're not going to uh, they'll do the yeah. same thing they did with, uh, you know, with The Force Awakens and with Rogue One, where, you know, you have everything from Star Wars previous to those movies coming up, coming out with the game, game, and then you'll get expansion packs alongside the movie, which release more spoilery stuff for each, for each movie. Presumably, you know, the next Star Wars: Last Jedi and the Han Solo movie would probably have expansion packs both feeding into Battlefront Two. The other question coming in from Bo, uh, has the Xbox got any more solid titles this year to make a bit of a comeback on the PS4, which has been whipping its ass with Xbox One sales this year? Um, I don't know if it's been whipping its ass with Xbox One sales. Um, and, of course, the Xbox Scorpio is going to be launching later on this year, so that should make up some ground that the PlayStation got with the PS Elite early, late last year. In terms of exclusives, not much on the horizon for either of them. Uh, Destiny's very much tied into PlayStation, uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's not an exclusive. Uh, PlayStation's got fuck all, and Xbox has got fuck all until mm-hmm. who knows the next Halo game. Uh, Actually, that's probably... Actually, that's probably uh, I'm not going to claim anything in particular, but I'm going to say that the next E3... Um, the announcement is going to be a major Xbox announcement because now you say it, they seem suspiciously quiet. Like, mm. as in there's, there's got to be something coming up and if it's not yeah. VR, 
because it shouldn't be just VR. Let's face it, they've bought out enough licenses that we all expect that. There's got to be something else on the horizon for Xbox coming up this mm. year in E3. Looking at what's coming out for the rest of this year, the only thing that's been announced really of note is Shadow of War and um, Call of Duty, which I wouldn't call that... Oh, and Assassin's Creed. I wouldn't really call Call of Duty an announcement because that's just kind of a given these days. Mm-hmm. Um, Assassin's Creed, you know, again, that's kind of a given. Um, but there's no major exclusives for either either manufacturer in the holiday season of this year. Mm. I heard something interesting today where somebody was predicting that there's going to be a game announced and launched at E3 this year to make up that sub, that uh, to fill up the, the June time slot. So, really? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Let's see what springs out of that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's um, interesting now you say it. Yeah, um, Microsoft have been pretty quiet, so whatever it is, it will be a big announcement, I think. Yeah, it's a good call. It will be an end to the Halo franchise, because <laughs> it's at point where it's like, stop, stop, is already dead. <laughs> Before it all ended, <laughs> here it is, Halo, the beginning, the re oh. No, they've done that, they've done that. Halo no. and it was the best of the Halo games. Um, it was good. So we got a few few emails this week, uh, more than we can handle in our time slot, given some people's new fatherly duties. <laughs> so we're only going to answer one more and make it a quick one. Um, coming in from Ryan, a hot one coming in from Ryan, asking why they only did uh, the same three races for Dawn of War 3 in Dawn of War 3 this year. Josh, do you have any... Uh, how much you love Total War Total Warhammer oh god like Warhammer was great but then they broke my heart with Warhammer 2 and uh, I've affectionately titled it Warhammer 2 The Quest for More DLC Um, and that's the answer that's that's (laughs) why they only so so you've got in Dawn of War 3 you've got your orcs you've got your space marines and you've got your Eldar by the time the first Dawn of War series wrapped up with all of its DLC, you had Orcs, Tau, Space Marines, Elder, Necrons. You didn't have Tyranids, but you did have Sisters of Battle, the Imperial Guard. You know, you had something like eight races by the end of it, and you're gonna—they're gonna make you pay for every single one of those new eight ra- of the, those eight races in uh, Dawn of War Three. Uh, that's exactly the reason why they only yeah. had three races in Dawn of War yeah. Three is because they want to. They want to charge you for the other races, basically. And they're they're not going to pay. They're not going to make you pay straight up. They're going to make no. you pay for one game, three DLC, and then another <laughs> game, and then another three DLC, and then they'll see where they'll take it from there. If they can get away with it the third time, they will. And then it'll be more DLC. First game. Yeah. Well, what's the first game? The first game's a hundred bucks, and then it's going to be fifty dollars per expansion. Uh, I spend so much money. Like I'm, I'm annoyed. Warhammer Two is going to be compatible with Warhammer One, so it's not exactly wasted. But I am literally paying for two games, and it yep. will be about, I don't know. It, by the time the next lot of DLC comes out, because the last lot was about six packs of DLC. It's going to be like two games, 12 DLC, 
and I'm still sitting here like, yeah, come on, where's the next one? So my pay's waiting. It's just sitting there. Let me just let me just shell this out. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's nothing. There's one thing that Games Workshop has never been accused of, and that is not loving money. So <laughs> <laughs> can you blame them though? Really? No, they've used yeah. the same modelling, uh, the same price modelling here. So yeah, I hate it. But oh god, I'm a sucker. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> you did. You you. You just hang in there. You soldier on, okay. there, and you take on for the team. Yeah. So on, uh, on that note, um, if people want to write in with more questions, Patty, how would they reach us? They can reach us at karmaiguana at gmail dot com, or you can hit us up on our Facebook page, Karma Iguana. Just look for facebook dot com forward slash Karma Iguana. Uh, follow us. Iguana. Uh, oh, you're right. <laughs> you're right. So you go to facebook.com forward slash Stefan Iguana, all one word, um, S-T-E-F-A-N, Iguana, all one word. Um, like us there, start following us, comment on the page, drop us your questions there. Um, don't forget to also uh, um, subscribe on iTunes and rate and review us. Um, anyway, we're going to continue to grow is if we get the feedback from you beautiful listeners. So, uh, yeah, please make sure that you do do that. Uh, uh, so, yes. Apologies for uh, it being such a big delay between our first and second episode of Season 2. Uh, we have had a lot going on in our personal lives over the last uh, eight months since the conclusion of Season 1. Um, well, personally, I'm well, I mean, you guys, <laughs> you guys you have... That? Yeah, I've been waiting. I've been here every night waiting for the call. Uh, personally, sorry. Personally, I'm in a bit of a turmoil at the moment, so I'm not sure when our next episode is going to be able to be recorded, but I promise to you, the listener, that we will make our best efforts to try and get a regular schedule up and running and stick to that schedule for the rest of the year uh, after you know stuff, stuff calms, calms down next month at some point. Sounds good. Okay. Yeah. No, it's no very true. Um, so on that, on that bombshell, on that tumultuous bombshell, uh, thank you. I have been Patty. I have been Josh. <laughs> I also Thanks. have been Josh. <laughs> Thanks for the long pause. <laughs> and uh, and we will all speak with you, the listener next time on the Karma Iguana. Bye. Farewell. Xenomorphs are confirmed to be creation of David, played by Michael... F- oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> played by Michael Fender. Michael... Michael Fuckstander. <laughs> Hey, my <coughs> name is Michael Foxbender. <laughs> I'm Michael. <laughs>